Welcome to the Real Estate Survival Guide, the show that teaches realtors how to create a thriving real estate business. Welcome to today's episode of the Real Estate Survival Guide podcast. I'm your host, John Shookman, and I am so thankful to have you with me for today's episode. A huge thank you to Jennifer Harshman and Harshman Services for sponsoring today's podcast episode. I'm so thankful for the team at Harshman Services for being a part of helping my business and for sponsoring the podcast. Let's jump into today's episode. Welcome to today's episode. I'm thrilled to have you all with me and welcome to today's interview. I am so excited to introduce you to today's guest, Heath Barnes. So I met Heath about a month, month and a half ago at Podcast Movement. Um, we were in a session together and, you know, they were it was kind of like a networking session uh, led by my friend Ariel, who was speaking. And she called out some people in the audience and mentioned me and, and me doing a real estate show. And so Heath was so kind enough to come meet me afterwards and say that he was a mortgage lender and doing a show for mortgage lenders. And so we connected about our mutual connection for real estate. And Heath has had an amazing career. So he has been a top producer in the mortgage business since 2002. In his current position, he is the branch manager for Cardinal Financial. Heath spearheads a six-person team that is full of dedicated, fun, loving, and driven professionals. He has a combined 35 years of industry experience, and they closed over $50 million a year in loan volume. Heath is a native Texan, and he graduated from Texas A&M with a BBA in business and marketing. The energy and passion he exudes for the business, coupled with competitive spirits, is apparent even in his downtime. He's hiked to the summit of the Grand Teton, 13,700 feet. He's a licensed pilot, six times triathlete, a snow skier, does a ton of things. And he also has an amazing podcast called Mortgages Reimagined, where he coaches loan officers on how to build a business that support their life. So Heath, thanks so much and welcome to the Real Estate Survival Guide. Thanks, John. I'm excited to be here. It's funny how things have transpired since you and I met at uh, Podcast Movement. So, you know, I wasn't even supposed to be there. Like I yeah. literally had, did, did I tell you that? I, I literally. You um, did, but tell my audience, like how well, the heck you ended up at podcast yeah. movement. Yeah. So, you know, I'm a loan officer and as a loan officer, I always try to add value to my agents. And so one of the, one of the ways I do that is going to a real estate convention. So I literally went to Dallas to, to the Tom Ferry event and I was there one day. And went out to dinner and was sitting at the bar when I got into a conversation with a guy who told me about podcast movement and the way he was talking about it. I literally got on my phone, signed up. And the next morning I was at podcast movement and my assistant was like, "This, that's so you. And uh, that's kind of how I live my life. It's like I go with my gut. And at the time it was like, this is where I need to be. And that's how we got connected. So Man, I think everything happens for a reason. And it was so cool to meet you and just kind of hear your journey. You certainly have been through it, right? You've been yes. in right the mortgage business since 02, mm -hmm. you know, 35 years in the business through the crash of 08. Yes. I would love, you know, I shared briefly, but tell us more about your background. What the heck it was like going through 08 as a mortgage lender and all those things. Mm. So like, like most loan officers, I got into the business of being a loan officer because I don't want anyone to tell me what to do, right? <laughs> you, a lot of us become loan officers because we think we know it all. 
we want to do it on our own. And, you know, it went until, you know, 10 years into my business that I learned, you know, the only way to build a really good business is to copy someone else's, you know, there's no original business idea. But, you know, you bring up 2008 from, from the time I got into the business, I was really good at signing up and getting coaching. I started with uh, going to the, some of, if you, if you've been in the business long enough, you know, main events by Joe Stump, Joe Stump would put on what's called a main event somewhere every month. And I would go once a year to the main events, but, uh, and that's how I would build my business. It was literally on, it was a refinance business connecting with my previous clients up until 2008 when the crash happened and I, uh, borrowed a bunch of money and made it through, you know, I think, um, making it through 2008 was not easy, but what it taught me really two things happened after 2008. Number one, I lost a guy who was, uh, I lost a marketing uh, person who was 50% of my business and 100% of my purchase business. And so at the time, I didn't really go, like going out and talking to real estate agents. And I, I just like being in my office working on deals. I also joined a coaching organization. And those two events are super impactful to me because at the time, I didn't think I was going to be able to make it. And that coaching organization I stayed with for 10 years and it totally changed my life. I was a member for 10 years and I was a paid coach with that organization for five of the 10 years. And we coach loan officers and real estate agents on how to build their business from a $100 million business to up to a million dollar in income business. And so I love it. So yeah, that's a little bit about my story. Yeah, that so tell us more like I know for realtors listening to this that like they can be like, oh, no, I'm not going to survive. Oh, no, a shift. And we'll talk at the end about your advice to them. But did you ever during 2008 think, oh, no, I made a bad decision, right? You had been in the business six years at that point. Did you ever think of leaving and what made you stay? I, I can remember walking around my neighborhood and thinking, Oh my God, if my wife knew how much debt we had, well, if I have one bad month, uh, I'm going to go out of my, go out of business and my wife's going to leave me. And I had that belief because I remember back in high school, seeing my dad cry for the first time I'd come home from school and I walked in, I knew something was uh, unusual because he's, he's there and it's the middle of the day. And my dad was, he had told me that he lost his job. And uh, a week later, his wife, the second wife left him. Hmm. And from then on, what my belief system was that I needed to make enough money and, and provide a life for someone to stay with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, that's not true. But yeah, so I, I took that and uh, that belief with me in 2008, which is why I joined the coaching organization. And so uh, that coaching organization really gave me the tools that I needed in order to make it through. And so if you're listening and you're not sure whether or not you're going to make it through, I will give you a little bit of advice. One, find yourself a coach or mentor that will hold you accountable to those tasks that you need to do every single day. If you're not sure what you need to do, call me. I'll tell you what you need to do. Most of us just need to make five or 10 outbound phone calls to somebody we know and say, hey, you know, who's your go-to real estate agent? And if they say, I don't have one, 
offer to be their go-to real estate agent. So that's an yeah. easy one right there. So yeah, just making, doing the right task every day. And if you do them, you're going to be successful in the business. So uh, find you a mentor or a coach and figure out what you need to be doing every day. Uh, and you'll make it. And just think about today, like our mind, yeah. like if you let your mind run wild, it'll make up the craziest stories. So what I concentrate on is thinking, okay, let's think about today because I have no control of the future and it never turns out like you think. Yeah. What do they say? You know, they also say most statistics are made up on the spot, but I'm pretty sure like 70, 80 percent of our thoughts are negative. And so for yeah. those listening, like whatever the statistic is, you can Google it. But like if you get inside your head, you are only going to think, oh, no, the sky is falling. If you yeah. have coaches and I talk on my show a lot about, you know, this is the importance. I'm in um, a mastermind with a, a couple of masterminds and it's an investment for sure. Right. I spent ten thousand dollars last year on mastermind groups and events, but made so much more money in my business and was a much better person. So I think it's about investing yeah. in yourself and in mm. your business, right? Totally. I think a lot of realtors are kind of like, oh, I have to go do, 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 do. And they haven't laid a good foundation or invested in themselves or done the things they need to, the, you know, had coaches teach them the things they need to learn. So that's big. Yeah, there's there's something you said there. It's um, it, most people have it that way. They It's do have be, meaning if you do these, activities, you're going to have these results and you're going to become this person. And really it's be, be who you want, like be joyful, be grateful and do and have. So it, it, most people are focusing on the doing when they should be focusing on the being, who are they going to be today? That's going to attract the people that they want to do business with. That's so good. That's so good. Yeah, I love that. Instead of do have be, be do have. That's that's good. Uh, so one of the things I really liked hearing in your journey was going to the summit of Grand Teton, six times triathlete, you know, snow skier, skydive, fisherman. Okay, so tell us about the Grand yeah. Teton or yeah. uh, the triathlete. Um, yeah. Tell us about those journeys. And then what did those teach you about success and growing in your business? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, all of us struggle with self-confidence. I don't care who they are out there, even the people that look like they have it the, together the most, all struggle with self-confidence. And what physical activity will do for you in your life is it will give you confidence in yourself. And so uh, I'll first talk about the triathlon. So I started doing triathlons after five years of cycling with my wife and I decided, okay, I'm going to do a, a just a what they call a sprint, which is a 500 meter swim. It's a three mile bike and a one mile run. I did that uh, and did pretty well. And so I just continued to progress. And like in business, I decided to get a coach uh, and I just continued to stretch myself to the point where I finally said, I'm going to do a half Ironman. So a half Ironman is 1.2 mile swim. It's a 52 mile bike and then a uh, half marathon. And I remember getting to the end of the half Ironman and calling my coach and saying, man, I don't think I could do anything longer than this. And he said, well, you know what you got to do? You got to sign up for a full Ironman. <laughs> yep. Sounds like a coach. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that was in uh, December. I think that was in uh, 2017. And uh, I'm sorry, 2015. Uh, and then 2016, I uh, did my first Ironman in uh, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And believe me, like, like many of you on this call, thinking there's no way I can do this. Like, but if you get the right coach, if you have the right training and you think about oh, what are the little things I need to do to get me there, you can do it. And literally, this is another good metaphor of how in life, whenever something happens, if you can just focus on what's happened and not add all the meaning that you think is going to result in this, your life will, 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 will totally change. So this is my first Ironman. I get done with the swim. It's a, you know, 2.4 mile swim. I'm 60 miles into my bike. This is in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And this is literally the hottest Ironman on record there in Coeur d'Alene. It was 102 degrees that day. I'm 60 miles in and my seat breaks on my bike. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I get to the rest stop. The guy pulls out some duct tape. First, he says, Hey, what do you want to do? I, I can't help you. Only thing I have is duct tape. I'm thinking I'm going to have to ride with no seat. They literally duct tape my seat back on. It took me three hours to do the first 60. It took me five and a half to do the next 52. Mm. And so I get done with that. I could, I could easily do the marathon because I was off the bike. I didn't think I was going to make it. But I tell you that because, you know, often in life we have these situations that happen to us. And if you just like focus on what's happening and figure out, okay, how do I just make it the next couple of miles? You, you'll figure out how to, how, to, how to make it happen. There's a saying in triathlons mm -hmm. that, when you think you've got no more to give, you got 40% more. Yeah, that is so yeah. good. Even even hearing that I I've run a marathon and like my dream is to one day, you know, be a little healthier, run another mm -hmm. one. But I ran one on basically uh, I heard I, I remember hurting. I don't even think people on the podcast know this yet. I had trained for it, not done as much training as I should, but I was ready to run it the weekend before I was going to run it. I fell and twisted my ankle really bad. Yeah. And I still have an issue with my ankle from it three years ago, but they, you know, I've gone to the doctor. They say it's not broken. I, they don't really yeah. know what it is, but it's painful. But I ran and I remember 11 miles in <laughs> thinking I, I can't do this. I'm going to quit. And then yeah. basically being like thinking of all the people that had supported me and encouraged me and prayed for me and all these things like I can't stop. And the nice part was, and I think this is so big in like the mortgage industry and real estate. The nice part was I was 12 miles in. If I kept going, it was in Philadelphia at the art museum. If you kept going, you were like going out to like Maniunk. And so like the only way to get back was to come back. So I knew yeah. if I kept going to the end. I'd have to finish because I'd be like in so much. pain. Yeah. That I'd want to get back. But, so like I did finish now it was slow and I was one of the last people to finish. But I have that accomplishment of you ran totally. a marathon. You finished it. And I think yeah. those endurance things like can teach you so much. I mean, and again, yeah, you could well, what'd you learn about yourself, John? And like in that, like in that moment, or when you look back, like, what do you take from that? And you're like, man, 
this has to be a podcast episode, a solo one, because I haven't thought about it. But I, I think the biggest thing is is kind of like you're saying, you have more in you than you think, mm. right? Yeah. I think about what we do even now as the market shifts in real estate mm-hmm. and mortgage. We could say, no, I just don't have it in me. You know, yeah. and I, <laughs> when it's so funny, I remember me and my wife, when we first got married, we were like, oh, we're so busy. We're so busy. And now we have two young kids under three and we feel like it's a circus every day. But yeah. if we one day think about having a third, we'll be like, oh, it's a circus. They hand you another one and you figure it out. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing about a race is like you just figure it out. You either have a choice. One, you're going to finish or yes. two you're going to have to tell those people that thought for you, prayed for you, encouraged you. Oh, I didn't do it. And you're going to feel like a bum. Right. And yeah. I didn't. So I knew I was in pain, <laughs> but I'm like, I'm in pain in 13 miles. I'm going to be in pain at 26. The pain doesn't really go away. Like I might as well finish. So what I did, my wife was there. She's like anything. Actually, she left that morning and I was already, you know, because I, I it took me five yeah. hours. So she came halfway through. She's like anything I can bring. And I'm like, you know what? What would make me happy? I'm like, bring an Eagles jersey. So yeah. I told her. So she met me and she got there at about mile 13, 14 when I wanted to quit. I put on my Eagles Carson Wentz. I'm, it never worked out, buddy. I'm so sorry. But at the, <laughs> I put on my Carson Wentz jersey yeah. and finished the race in a Carson Wentz jersey. I love that. And so I think that kind of motivated me like, oh, and they were playing the Cowboys that night. Like, I, I just think you got to kind of, I don't know, Heath, you're in Texas. Are you a Cowboys fan? Did we talk about no. this? Okay, good. I'm a Steeler fan, bro. All right, Come look, on. I thought we would ruin the I, guys. I thought Heath was going to hang up on me and be like, you just no. insulted my Cowboys. But no way. But I think, man, even a silly thing like a jersey, it like gave me a little extra motivation to like finish the. And then they literally the finish line were like Carson Wentz crossing the finish line, which I thought was like hilarious. So, yeah, but you get to look back on that time, like in times like this, when things get tough, you look back at you like, man, I got more. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, man, what's the quote? Tough times don't last. Tough people do. So that's probably a big takeaway from racing is like, you know, stuff is going to happen. Deals are going to fall apart. Someone's going to I mean, in your situation, someone's going to go with another lender who gives them a point two five discount. And you're like, well, but I had better service. You're going to lose clients. In real estate, someone's going to just fire, you know, me for no reason. It doesn't happen often or they're just going to ghost, you know, and you can't. That's a tough thing. You, you just got to get over it and keep moving yeah. forward. There, there's another quote that uh, I heard recently, which brings me back to something I want to say earlier, which is uh, easy decision, tough life. Yeah. Hard decision, easy life. Something like that. I'll, I'll find it and bring it back. But, uh, yeah. but you, 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 we were talking earlier about, you know, going through or having these mental blocks or tough situations. And Tim Ferriss has a great YouTube video on it's called fear setting, fear setting. You ever seen it, John? No, I have not. But I'm going to make a note here and check it out and make sure I put it in the show notes for the audience. So fear setting Tim Ferriss. Yep. And it's uh, you take whatever your greatest fear is. And you in the first you answer this question. What if let's just say what if I don't make it as like what if I don't make it as a real estate agent? What if I go out of business as a real estate agent? And then you define like what what are the things that would happen that would have you go out of business or what are the things that you're fearing most like uh you know i people stop answering the phone okay well 
And then how would you repair that? Or how would you prevent that from happening? Mm -hmm. And all you're doing is you're taking things from your mind and you're putting them on paper and you're putting together just some simple ideas and plans that will help you go back to whenever you start freaking out. Because there's always those moments where we're on the phone with the client and our cortisol goes through the roof because we're losing that deal. Yeah. And we panic. And that's when we make bad decisions. Mm-hmm. So if you can go through this exercise, you know, and remember this, your mind was created thousands of years ago and was passed down from generation to generation. And its only purpose is to protect you. And so everything it sees, it sees as harmful. And so I I like to tell people, hey, listen, you know, is that your mind talking to you or is Mm -hmm. that your heart or your gut? Because your gut will always tell you which way to go. And that's your initial thought. Should I do this? And then your mind talks you out of it. Well, this is going to happen. That's going to happen. So anyways, hope that helps. No, it absolutely does, I think. And the journey that, you know, I, I just think you're right, though, like hard stuff is 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 part of what we do. Right. And so how are you going to kind of get through it? Heath, I'd love to kind of, you know, well, and it, it's so funny what you just said, because I I think I think another key point here is, you know, guess what? Like, I, I'm very much against the W-2 life. I have a journey at, like where I, I you know, lost W-2 jobs February 26, yeah. 2019. I got fired from my last job. And people often say like, well, what if real estate doesn't work out? Well, I've paid off my house. I paid off all my debt. So there's very little risk there. But guess what? If it doesn't work out, there's plenty of jobs that need employees that would pay me much more than I was making at my $40,000 yeah. bank job three years ago. They would. Right. And so I think like, What's the worst, you know, so I almost think for people, what's the worst that happens? The worst that happens is I just go get a normal job and like, that's the worst. So no, I think like that's, that's huge for people to think about for, for those of you thinking about the mortgage industry or the real estate, you, you know, as a, as a uh, realtor, both of these industries can be really tough, but guess what? If it doesn't work out, that bank down the street will hire you. That, that store down the street will hire you. They need yeah. employees all over the country totally. more than they ever have. So, yeah. But let, me, let me just say one more thing is that, you know, if you're a realtor and you're listening to this podcast right now and you have a part-time job and it's you're being a realtor and you have another job and then you what you want to do is you want to make sure being a realtor is going to work out. I've got some advice for you. Quit your W-2 job. Go all in with being a realtor. Because when you burn your boats, you you will make it happen. But as long as you've got that dock there with your foot on it, and you're like, oh, I can go back to this W-2. I can go back to this W-2. Don't think about, I can go back to this W-2. Think about the end of your life and think about Mm -hmm. looking back on your life. If you would have made that decision to go all in, I can guarantee you, you're going to respect yourself more whether you make it or not. Because whether you make it or not, you're going to respect you made that decision mm-hmm. and you're going to learn something from whatever you've done. So, you know, let's so, enjoy so, the journey. Just so you guys know, I did not give I did not give Heath five dollars to say that I am so against W2s and I'm all about burning the boats and going in. I just had a great yeah. guest, Christina Deal, who basically said on the show her best decision was when she went full time. So for some yeah. people dealing with family situations, you can't. But be willing to take that bet on yourself and that risk guys. I didn't, I should have slipped him some money and now maybe Heath, I have to, because I love when guests say that because it's so true. 
that's where they really will start to find success when they have no other option. So Heath, kind of as we get towards our time, tell us, I want to hear about how you've shifted, right? You started being a lender and now you lead, you know, a six person team. How has leading that team of, you know, the dedicated driven individuals, how has that kind of shifted? What are the things you think about now, or what are the things you try to teach to your team to help them create success? You know, recently I had an employee of mine, my team captain has been with me for eight years. We were having a really tough week and he, we woke up the next day and we got on a call and he's like, Hey man, I think I'm gonna put in my two weeks. And man, it was a gut shot for me. Mm -hmm. And I went home for a little bit. I thought about it and I came back and uh, man, I literally with tears in my eyes, I said, man, I don't know if I want to do this without you. I said, uh, and I said to him, I said, listen, you know, uh, let me get a better understanding of what's going on here. And what I realized through that whole experience is what I do is blame people and I make their life more difficult when I blame them. So what I now do is I am super cautious. You know, if you're running a team, you have other people. Remember, if you're running the team, you're a hundred percent responsible. And what does responsibility look like? Anything that happens, you're responsible for, you create it. And it is your job to work with your team and show them what true responsibility looks like. And that looks like if a client yells at you, the question you ask yourself is, what did I do that would have them yell at me? And how do you respond to that? So how, what do I do? I create an environment because this real estate business is super stressful. I create an environment that's fun, where people want to come to work, where nothing is that serious. We're like, we're freaking doing mortgages and doing houses and people freak out and it's not that big a deal. What is a big deal is finding a new team member. What is a deal is finding a new relationship. And at the end of the day, when you're when you lived your life, it's not going to be how much money you did, how well you did in real estate or lending. It's going to be what were the relationships and the impact I had in the world and how did I make a difference? And so that's what I'm thinking about every day is how do I make it fun? And I'm checking in on my team to make sure it's not too stressful. And I'm remembering that for myself, because if I wake up and, and, and think, okay, this is a thought that I think of all the time is I'm about to lose a deal. Meaning the client saying, Hey, you know, I got this other lender and I usually go into fight. And now I'm like, you know what? It's going to be okay. If I lose this deal, how can I be just the most supportive lender possible and even tell them, Hey, I think that's a really good deal. I would go ahead and go with that. And if it doesn't work out, call me back. And so that's what I try to do. Like eliminate as much stress as possible because I'm never going to make it a good decision. It's so good, man. You know, nothing's too serious, I think, is a huge lesson, right? Don't take yourself too seriously. And I think, hey, maybe a deal walks out the door is a huge lesson. I recently had a client who said, a potential client, she's like, hey, we're considering renting. We're also considering buying. I ran through all the scenarios and I was like, honestly, like it's probably best because you need more money saved for you guys to rent right now. And I think they were kind of shocked. They almost fell over. And I'm like, 
They're like, really? And I'm like, I'm going to be honest with you and tell you the truth, because you don't have the money saved to buy a house. Right. We can try yeah. USDA, but you just don't have the money. And that's OK. So let me help you find a rental. They're like, well, can yeah. you do that? And I'm like, well, I don't make money from that, but you need a house. Let me help you. Yeah. You know, you just help people. And I believe if you treat people the right way, it'll come around. Like, guess what? If I yeah. treat them the right way, you know, you can be like, well, OK, well, I can't help you go find a rental. Bye. Screw you. Like, who's going to want it in yeah. a year when you go to buy? Why would they want to help you? Instead, I try to help. And when they're ready to buy, I know I'm going to be that call that they make. For sure. And it even says that, like in 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 your bio, you says, you know, I, I want to grow my business by treating people the right way. And I like to call it the uh, platinum rule. Like we all know the golden rule, right? Yeah. Treat others. You know, platinum rule is treat them the way they want to be treated. And you got to understand and, and ask them a lot of questions to figure out how do they want to be treated? Yeah. Good stuff, man. Well, your journey is super cool. And like, even, I mean, I even when you would talk about the triathlon, like I ran a marathon, I was like, oh my gosh, I couldn't even imagine adding a hundred something mile bike <laughs> and, and a swim to that. So super impressive. As we kind of close out our time, I love asking this. Take us to a point in your life. Now, this could be during the crash of 08. This could be starting a team. This could be whatever it is. Take us to a point in your life. What would be a piece of advice you would give that version of yourself? Recently, my wife and I, uh, we took on an exchange student from Italy. Mm -hmm. And um, instantly when she walked off the um, plane, you could tell this girl who came from money that was super shy, but felt judged. And, you know, it's, I, I could just tell from being a student of people that this girl lacked a ton of self-confidence. She's 17 years old. She's from mm -hmm. Italy. And I, over the last seven weeks, it's, it's been beautiful to watch her grow and what I taught, what I, what I have, what I am teaching her is the message I will give y'all, which I didn't learn until I was 30 years old. And that is every answer is in a question. And I grew up struggling to make friends and I didn't figure it out until I was 31 years old when I had a girlfriend after three hours of being on a first date, want to know if I'm going to ask her any questions. And I didn't understand the context of and the importance of a question, but that's what I'm pouring into this girl is like just getting her to ask a question is a massive hurdle and questions are how you connect with people. It's why I love doing podcasts. Mm. It's how you really get to know people. It's how you get to know yourself. It's how you get to know your client. It's been like the theme of my life for the last 20 years is it's all about the questions you ask people that will tell you everything you need to know about them yourself. And so focus on the question, not the answer. That's so good, man. That's really good. Yeah. Now that you say that, you think back to the game 20 questions, you know, as a kid, like mm. we should do more 20 questions <laughs> where we yeah. just sit there totally. asking people questions well, about what's what they're passionate about, what they do, why they're interested in a mortgage or buying a house or whatever it yeah. is. Well, you're good at asking questions. Where did you learn that from, John? I th man, I, I don't know. I, I think you just 
I think the more I talk to, to strangers, right? So I didn't even tell you this, but I'll tell you now, my first podcast movement was a year ago. And I went and I met a few people, but I made almost no connections of value. Now, that's not their fault. It was mine. I would get nervous. I wouldn't go into a crowd. I remember sitting there. I remember meeting John Lee Dumas. And for those of you that don't know, one of the biggest podcasters in the world, right? We're talking like huge. I remember meeting him and being like, hi, my name's John. And he's like, oh, hi, I'm John. Had no idea who he was. He wasn't a celebrity to me at that yeah. point. And we just talked. So that podcast movement last year in Nashville and then Podfest this spring in Orlando podcast movement this fall in where the heck where Dallas <laughs> um, uh-huh. taught me so much about how to talk to strangers. And now yeah. I get to do these calls, right? An interview every single, you know, or at least every week it goes out every Wednesday. And I love just having conversations with people. Mm. And so I think the better you get, that's what I love about this. People get to the end of most of my interviews and they're, they're like, wow, you ask great questions. And I'm like, it's just a conversation, yeah. right? And when you just explore. And so for realtors out there, lenders, whatever, just explore, just ask questions, just get to know people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's so funny as I think about you asking this, I love when people turn it on me. So many times I think in my marriage, and we have a great marriage. My wife's amazing. She does a great job. She stays home with the kids. She's down there with the monkeys right now. <laughs> yeah. So many times she'll tell me something. And I'll be like, oh, we'll just do this. Just do this. Just do this. So I think the more I've grown in my marriage, I'm like, she's not looking for a solution. She just wants me to listen. Yeah. And so as I get better in real <laughs> estate, right? I think that's why, you know, the difference yeah. between They're her problems. And- yeah. She doesn't need you to fix them. She'll fix them when she that's wants true. to. <laughs> but but I think that as you ask, that is so key to real estate. Imagine mm-hmm. that all your clients are, are your are your spouses. So stop giving solutions until they say, I need yeah. a solution. Just start yeah. asking questions. So yeah. that's kind of where that came from. Yeah. One more thing before we close out. Realtors out there that are struggling, mm-hmm. you have seen struggle, man. You've seen mm-hmm. it in your business. You've seen the crash. What would you say to realtors or even lenders listening to this that feel like, well, as the market shifts, I'm struggling. I don't know what to do. What would be a piece of advice you would give them? Yeah. If you're a realtor and you're struggling right now, and uh, I'm, I'm going to assume if you're struggling, it's because you don't have enough transactions or enough leads. I would spend a lot of time, uh, if anytime you're in public and you're in line for a Starbucks, is turning around and saying, hey, who's your go-to lender if you like you need a realtor right now? And yeah. if they say, well, I don't have one, say, hey, how about me? I'm a realtor and I'd love to be your go-to realtor. And how about we set up a call? You'd be surprised at how many people will take that call. And uh, yeah. they want to they be your go-to realtor. And just that, and all you have to do is ask them questions. Hey, what's the first thing you want to know about if I was, you know, since I'm going to be your go-to realtor, what do you want to know? And you'll be surprised and just keep being curious with people. Well, you'll create a relationship with them. So that's a super easy tactic. I'll give you a second tactic. Mm-hmm. If you're a realtor is uh, you're maybe you're new or you've been in the business a couple of years is put together a list of 50, 50 people and take them all to lunch and figure wow. out how to solve some of their problems. And at the end of lunch, say, Hey, can I be your go-to uh, realtor? And who do you know? Who do you know? And the last thing is uh, don't keep me a secret. You're not keeping me a secret. Are you? <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. 
I, I end most of my calls with my clients now is uh, like right, right before closing. I'll be like, hey, John, it's been, been a good experience. Yeah. Hey, one thing I just want to make sure you're not going to keep me a secret. You're like, you know, <laughs> you, you don't do that. Like, like I, I can help other people. It's the only way I get my business. And so, well, Heath, what I yeah. think is so cool there is is to like you don't take yourself too seriously and you'll be humorous. Like people love humor. So like, yeah don't keep me a secret it kind of makes people laugh where they're like oh and that'll stick stick with them and and think of how many realtors are scared to ask for referral right it's yeah like yeah but you don't have to just say hey listen just want to check in with you how am i doing also are you keeping me a secret no 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 (laughs) (laughs) i love it man well this has been such a pleasure so proud to know you and i'm glad we met man you never know what happens when you show up at a conference right people that are listening i'm sure they'd love to connect with you or follow what you're doing so tell us uh where they can find the podcast where they can connect with you anything you'd like to share yeah, my podcast is uh, Mortgages Reimagined. You can catch it on just about every platform out there. Uh, you can go to my uh, website, heathbarns.com, or send me a text message at 832-771-8194. I'm um, in Houston, Texas. Love to uh, connect with you. Uh, like Just like John, I like connecting with people, like helping people and seeing what I could do to boost your uh your career in the real estate business so thanks for having me john this has been like a ton of fun thank you so much Heath. we appreciate it we'll make sure we put all the stuff in the links as well uh thank you for your time have an awesome day yeah same to you hey guys thanks so much for listening to today's interview with heath barnes i hope you guys enjoyed it his story is absolutely incredible from being in the you know the mortgage industry during the 2008 crash and that was really when we connected probably the main reason i wanted to have him on the show i knew other stuff would come out but i just knew that that would be very helpful for you know, realtors out there. And but it's so interesting having organic conversations with people, because then we got into some awesome stuff about his background, you know, and things I didn't even know until we started recording. But thanks so much, Heath. Appreciate you and your time. And seriously, guys, like he said, he's awesome. He's happy to be a resource. Feel free to use the information in the show notes to connect with him. And he's happy to help you in your real estate business. So as we close out, I want to share a few of my takeaways with you. Um, and then we'll be done. I think one of the biggest ones is just, you know, the trauma experience to grow up with, right? Uh, one of the huge takeaways was when, you know, I asked him about the 2008 shift and the crash, right? He said, oh, you know, I was walking around my neighborhood and I remember thinking if my wife knew how much debt we had, she would leave me. <laughs> and it took him back to that trauma of his childhood where he was in high school came home to see his dad crying, which he had never seen before, and his dad had lost his job. Then a week after losing his job, his wife at the time left. And so, you know, that trauma is there. That trauma led him to believing, right, in life that if if you're not making good money, someone would not love you, right? Someone would leave you. And so I think that's a lesson in, you know, how much past trauma and hurt can impact our journey. But it's like teaching yourself, hey, my value is not my job. My value, my wife's love for me is not determined by my salary or payroll. It's determined by our care and love for each other. And that's not dollars, right? She's not going to leave me if I lose a job or anything like that. So I think that's a huge lesson for us, right? Even if you've been through hard things, trauma like that, and I know a lot of you are going through hard things, you need to know that your value as a real estate agent or whatever you do, your value is not wrapped up in your job 
And I hope that really helps you. Another huge takeaway, and we talked about this briefly on Monday with my own experience, and I kind of shared about how there's more left in the tank. But the phrase he shared, where in triathlons, when you think you have nothing left to give, there's always 40% more. There's always more in the tank. And guys, his story is incredible going right, doing these half marathons, these triathlons, right? Imagine doing this race where you swim and then you do the bike and then you run at the end, right? And your bike seat breaks, you know, like that, I would be like, oh, I'm done. Forget it. Like that could have come up There could have been so many excuses to say, no, I can't finish the race, right? And just like our business, a seat breaks, a tire pops, something, there's always a reason to say, no, I can't do it. No, I cannot do this. No, I will not survive. But there is so much value in pushing through the things that are hard. And I just think that's an awesome, awesome point. I loved as we kind of transition to what he does now, because for many of us, right, I help lead a team. And I love how he kind of talked about having a better understanding of being a leader. Um, And, you know, he had a guy that basically said, I'm going to leave. Here's my two weeks notice. And he had to understand, hey, why? And then, you know, he had to take responsibility, right? That's a huge thing, guys. He said, if things are going well, it's your responsibility. If things are going bad, it's your responsibility. And so then he had to talk with this person, say like, you know, why did why did I make you want to leave? What do I have to do to make you stay? And so then it goes back to now, you know, he tries to realize it's not that serious, right? Hey, we made a mistake. It's okay. Not everything is life or death. Even if we mess up, you know, we can fix it. I, As I coach and train realtors, I often say, like, there is not a lot you can mess up. You know, I have people on the team, people that I coach who are like, oh, I don't want to mess up this contract. And I'm like, you really can't mess up the contract, right? Make sure that, like, the, you know, contingencies are, you know, elected properly, inspections, appraisals, mortgage contingency, et cetera. Make sure you put the right list price and the right deposit amount, obviously. But, Other than that, if that's all correct, we can fix something later with an addendum. So nothing is life or death. Even if we mess something up, we can fix it. You know, as Heath leads his team, it's not that big of a deal. I don't want everything to be stressful. I want work to be fun and us to enjoy being around each other. So lots of good stuff. I think my final takeaway from Heath was how he talked about the platinum rule, right? We talk so much about the golden rule, and I had never heard it, the platinum rule. Treat them the way they want to be treated, right? So it's going above and beyond how you want to be treated, but it's a way to treat your clients even better than yourself, how they want to be treated. So lots of good stuff there, right? And I love as well how he said, hey, as you meet people, who is your go-to realtor, right? It's just conversations, guys. Everything we do is not that hard. It's conversations, it's relationships. It's not asking someone, you know, getting in their face, hey, do you want to buy a house right now? Just being curious, asking questions, having conversations, and that's a way to really grow your business, right? That's how realtors, you know, we can do a better job of this. Just have conversations, right? Get out of your house like we've talked about. Have meaningful conversations. Serve them and it will grow your business. So appreciate you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed this interview. Thank you so much, Heath, for your time on this episode. Your journey's been incredible, and I'm so glad you shared some more of it with us today. So thanks, everybody, for listening. I'll see you guys again very soon. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Survival Guide. If you enjoyed this episode, we would appreciate it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes. It helps others discover the show. Thank you so much, and we will see you on the next episode.